and welcome to this month's episode of the I Am Jarena podcast series. Once again, I am your host, Stephanie Williams, and as teased on the last podcast, this month we are finally talking to members of the technology team. We'll be talking to them on a variety of topics, from claim to fame, to what attracted them to working for IMG Arena. Sadly for our guests today, we are doing this all virtually, but hopefully you'll all enjoy the lovely weather we're currently having. So let's introduce our guests. First up, we have Val Botnari, who is our Principal Security Engineer. Hi, Steph. Thanks for having me. Then we have Les Cochrane, who is our Lead Developer in the Very Good Tech Team, working on the Basketball Event Center. Hi, Steph. And finally, we have Alessio Marici, a Senior Software Developer within the Very Good Tech Team, also with Les. Hello. Happy to be here. So welcome, everyone, and thank you for making this work. As usual, we'll start with a few quick icebreaker questions, if that's okay with you all. So I'm going to come to Val first. Val, what was the first thing you coded? Oh, that was a long, long time ago, about 30 years or so. I used Pascal back then, and I created a program to draw geometrical objects, simple things like circle, triangles. I didn't create it myself. I just copied from a book, but this is the first time when I coded something. And you fell in love with it then? Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Les, what's one thing you like to do outside of work? Cycling. So I'm quite an avid cyclist. I try and do about 100 miles a week. My God, I don't think I cycled that many miles in my entire lifetime. (laughs) Alessio, what's one TV show that you're watching right now? Mm, That's interesting. Actually, even more interesting, I don't watch TV at all. So fun fact about me, I'm liking if I watch like two, three films a year. I'm mostly into, yeah, I don't know, reading or even when I watch films, it usually just my laptop, so I don't have TV. So how many books have you read this year then? Oh, not a lot, but three to five. When I do get some time free, sporadically, then yeah, that's what I do. Amazing. And so Les, have you got any claims to fame? If anybody out there is a Winnie the Pooh fan, uh, my great gran used to clean A. Milne's house in London. So my granddad grew up playing with Christopher Robin. Oh, that's so sweet. He actually got to play with Winnie the Pooh and Piglet and Tigger and Eeyore and all the characters. Uh, so we actually also have a first edition Winnie the Pooh storybook given to my granddad by A. Milne, which oh is kind of special to our family. Do not sell that one. It's been through three generations of kids, so it, it's been wrecked, but it, it's yeah, still very precious. I love the Winnie the Pooh books. I love them. That's so, what a lovely story. Thank you again for that, and thank you so much for joining me all today. I would like to quickly go around the room once more so you can introduce yourself in your own words. Please tell the world how long you've been with the company and the role you were brought in to do. Les, let's go with you first. Sure. So I started with the company in February, um, and I joined as the tech lead in the front row seat team. And uh, what was the technology setup in your team like when you first joined? Non-existent. Oh, really? Uh, so I was the first member of the team. <laughs> um, so I was joined to set up a new team that was going to deliver the basketball event center. So when I first started, there was nobody in my team. And then very quickly after I started, Alessio joined me. Moving over to Alessio now. Alessio, how long have you been with IMG for and what was the role you were brought in to do? Cool. So I've been here for 10, almost 11 months, almost a year. So my role initially joined the TKO team and this year after Les joined so I moved this new VGT 
very good tech team, which we'll talk about later what that acronym stands spoilers, for. Spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, we'll won't spoil anything. Uh, but yeah, a lot of front-end UI coding and a bit of back-end as well. My role, make users and project managers happy, but most importantly and most difficult, keep them happy over time. Uh, more generally, yeah, I look at the design and I implement a piece of software programs on the web. Yeah, that's roughly what I do. Keeps you busy? Keeps myself busy, yeah. And did you know much about IMG Reno when you first joined? Not really, no. I didn't know much about the industry itself. But yeah, I had the pleasure to sort of discover after I joined, like, you know, the strong focus and commitment on delivering, you know, good customer experience and know more about sports in general. I didn't know much about, you know, golf or tennis and I work on both event center. So it was a good opportunity to learn the rules and have a bit of exposure to that world. So yeah, yeah good discovery. <laughs> and Val, you joined for a very particular role, which was security. Can you explain what your role is and why you've been brought in? Sure. I joined MG Arena about 10 or 11 months ago. So I was brought to fill a gap, particularly in security. My role is to create and consolidate the security function within an organization. So cybersecurity is a very vast domain and has different branches like architecture, operations, risk and governance threat intelligence, all these are important. Um, at the moment, I'm the only one in the team and trying to do and manage all this, which is quite challenging. But I have a great support from a lot of our colleagues, which I'm really grateful for. And this helps me sleep better at night. Are you hoping to build out your team shortly? Yes. <laughs> we had the discussion and it's going to progress well in that direction. So also the technology team is a very new part of the business, well, I like to think, with multiple divisions inside it. So quickly to summarize, and to the best of my knowledge, so please jump in if I'm saying absolute rubbish, is divided into four different divisions. There's web applications headed up by Johan Lajili, who looks after all things event center, like TKO, VGT, Dream Team, BTEC, and they're all the front row seat. Uh, then we have streaming headed up by Will Benyon, who looks after live video streaming of sports events. And then with the data team, we head up by Lawrence Hubbard. And they have the exciting missions to think like sports fans and build new and innovative data products that drive engagement. And then we have the core services team led by Paul Fairless, who looks after shared technology, including platform concerns and security. So Alessio and Les, you sit under the web applications team, am I right? And you look after the basketball event centers in the VGT team. Why have you chosen that name and what does it stand for really? So when I first joined, we had to come up with a name for the team because originally somebody had called it Les is More, just a little play on my name. And so after a, a reasonably painful process of coming up with a big list of names that were completely not suitable, somebody in the team, I think Giridar suggested it, the idea of very good tech. If anybody's a Parks and Recs fan, Parks and Recreation, a US TV comedy series, one of the main characters, Ron Swanson, has a company called Very Good Engineering. Oh, he does, so doesn't he? It's basically a ripoff. Ah, <laughs> oh, I just finished that show. It's excellent. I loved it. Yeah, it's it's super funny. Um, and so quite a lot of people don't get the reference, but at the same time, it's uh, 
it's nice to just have something that's completely unrelated to what we're actually doing. <laughs> they are mm. quite fun. Um, and there are other names in the technology team. Can you explain the other team names and maybe why they've been named what they have? Maybe I can go next with TKI as I was part of that team before when I joined. So it's technical knockout. At the time, we were working on the UFC event center. And so we just sort of borrowed one of the label TKI when there is a technical knockout during a fight. That's the story about TKI. And then there's also Dream Team and BTEC. I'll jump in there. So BTEC stands for the back end for the event centers. Originally, I think it was the back end for the tennis event center, but then it just nicely, the T for tennis drops nicely into just a the. <laughs> handy, handy. Very. Is it quite common, like naming the different teams within the technology team? It depends on the culture of the company. I think IMG has a very open culture and quite friendly culture. So having reasonably funny, but non-offensive uh, team names uh, means people are kind of, it's easy for people to shorten them to their abbreviations um, and it kind of just adds a little bit more humor to what we're doing. I agree. I quite like it. Now, Val, you are a team of one. Do you have a team name for yourself? Yeah, you're correct. I'm one man show at the moment. Didn't seriously think about a name, but uh, a possible one which I would use is MI from Mission Impossible. And I'll explain why. There is this principle in security world, attacker's advantage and defender's dilemma, which means an attacker is enough to be right one time, but a defender should be always right. This is why it looks like Mission Impossible. I like it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I think it's pretty catchy. If it makes sense. It's logical. I like, I like logic for me. And you come with your own theme music. I'm going to reuse the same one, probably. Um, can any of you think of any other names that we can name the security team? It's putting on the spot here, so. But big no. I was about to say there was a cartoon in the 80s and 90s on British television called Stop It and Tidy Up, which is probably an appropriate one. There was a big character in that called The Big Bad I Said No. So I think one of those characters would probably fit somewhere. There we go. Over to you, Val. Over to you. I'm going to think about it. <laughs> Another word that I've heard thrown around numerous times around the business is the technology stack. I'm sure there's not a simple answer about what the technology stack is, so I'm not going to answer that question. But what does tech stack mean to each of you individually? Val? In security world, the tech stack will be totally different from development. Um, so I'm focusing on a mechanism called defense in depth which means building layer upon layer of security controls to protect our data and uh, assets. If a layer is breached, there will be another one to take over. So this is in essence how I'm building security tech stack. I'm not going into details because this is quite sensitive and I'm a bit paranoid discussing this over an open channel. Absolutely. <laughs> Man, you needed to finish that off with, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Or sign the Secrets <laughs> Act, one or the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or lock you in a dark room somewhere. Um, <laughs> so in terms of tech stack, I'm probably going to ruin Alessio's answer here as well, because we work in the same team on the same tech. So we're mostly working in the front end. So the stuff you click on basically in a browser. 
And so we have a bunch of technologies that are put together to make that happen. We also have some technologies that we call the backend technologies, which are the bit that your browser connects to in the backend. So it's where we get all of our data and all of the information that we can then show in the various bits and pieces you click on. So the tech stack is the technologies that make up the front end and the back end. Alessio, can you add anything to that one? Oh, I'm left speechless. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's an awe of you. He's an awe of you. Yeah, it's what Les said. The set of technologies that we leverage to solve and focus on the main specific problems instead of focusing on the rest of technical challenges that have already been solved by some of those technologies. Um, anything that can help us really make a better job. And is the technology stack the same in the VGT team than the TKO team, or is it a bit different? Yeah, I suppose it's the same, predominantly the same. We try also to keep the tech stack consistent across teams and event centers on, within FRS. So yeah, I'd say so. Keeps it easy and keeps it simple. <laughs> yeah, it's quite good sort of open culture. We work on different prototypes, try out new technologies and discuss it on a monthly basis. But yeah, definitely we try to keep it consistent using the same technologies. Nice. Um, hopefully we all think that working for IMGB and it is wonderful and great and you're all having the time of your lives here. I'm not trying to push my own agenda, but I would love to hear from each of you about how you have found working at IMG Arena and what attracted you to the job here. Alessia, I'm going to come back to you. Nice. Uh, so I can ruin someone else's answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put Les in next, don't worry. Thank you. So what attracted to the job? The way the company presented to me, so the flexibility you know, of the company, even before I started, I could already see sort of some of the so flexibility that were proposed and technically speaking, sort of the opportunities uh, from a tech perspective, I really like the type of projects and the technical challenges that sort of were presented to me again. And I then worked on and I'm still working on those, some of those challenges. So yeah, that's what attracted me to the role. How about you, Les? So I came previously from a very, very chaotic ad tech startup um, which had no project management or product management so it was literally running around trying to do everything for everybody all the time uh, so seeing that IMG had an established product team and had a set of products out in the market that were very clear and obvious to what I could see what problem they were solving that really attracted me I wanted to see what else IMG is going to build in the future because if that's their starting point they've got a really good kickoff you know it's, it's ready to to grow from there and do some really cool stuff so I wanted to be involved in some cool stuff and I we talk a lot about like how everything's such a greenfield opportunity and there's no legacy systems in place and Les you said that when you first arrived the technology that you're now creating or have created didn't even exist so how has that been and what are the benefits and the pitfalls of having a no legacy system so that's a really great question so when I started, obviously, there were already a few event centers that existed. So there was some previous work behind the way that we were going to deliver data into the front end for certain sports. Um, basketball's kind of stands slightly separate because we're delivering a media product rather than something that gets embedded in a, a, a gambling company's or a sport betting company's 
website. It slightly stands apart because it's going to be part of sports federations. So it meant that working with Alessio very closely when we first started, we had to think about it in a different way. We were going to get a different set of data than the other teams were dealing with before because of the nature of it's a new uh, format that they're delivering basketball data in from the back end. So it was kind of like we could look at what the other teams had done before and then think about what differences we needed to deal with and really go from there. I think the challenges of that are there's a certain amount of we're not 100% sure of what we're delivering because we're not based off anything else that anybody's done in the other teams. We're having to push some of the other teams a little bit in a different direction because we want to try and solve it from a technical perspective slightly differently than the other teams have dealt with uh, because of our constraints and the product requirements. But I think from a benefit side of things, it means that we can try some things that the other teams might not necessarily have the opportunity to do. So we can bring in some new thinking in certain areas of the product. So yeah, it's, it's been an interesting challenge so far and we're definitely on target for delivering in time. So um, yeah, and I'm very, very fortunate that I have a really great team around me that's doing a lot of the hard work and the thinking. Alessio, Patrick and Pedro are really, really making a big part of that. Thank you. Alessio, it's always nice being appreciated by a manager, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So what do you think IMG Arena and specifically the technology team in particular do differently that makes it such an attractive place to work? Val? Right. Changing a job is not always easy for me. And uh, working on a new interesting project is a plus, but definitely not a decision maker. So personally, I prioritize with probably the risk of sounding cheesy, but the human factor and the impression created during interview process. So I met with John Paul Lawrence and we had a set of really good interviews and I liked the collaboration and the discussions which we had. So I understood this would be a good place to work for me. That's actually quite interesting. Like, I think I completely agree the human element for me is more important. You spend more time with people you work with than you do any other place. So yeah, the human for me factor is a big factor for me. But it brings up a good point though. So Les and Alessio, who were your interviews with? I had the initial interview with Freddy Tibbles, which is the lead of Dream Team. We just chatted about technologies and you know what I was doing, a bit of my background. Then I had the technical interview with Sam Barker, lead of the TKO team connected almost immediately with him. We had a nice banter, which was nice uh, with Sam and another two members of the team. I think it was June, which is the BTEC team and Bartek, which was then TKO team. And then uh, he departed to a new opportunity. And then I had two more interviews, four, four rounds. Oh my one God. with Johan, one with Johan, and then the last one with John, head of uh, tech. And yeah, I finally got in. That's mental. That's mental. Four interviews. Four that's, interviews. A, that's a long process. How about you, Les? Yeah, apparently uh, I was slightly less dodgy than Alessio, so I only had to... <laughs> <laughs> um, No, uh, I had Johan in my first interview, and then in the technical interview I had Freddie and Sam, the other two tech leads, and then in my final interview I had John, which was quite nice to catch up because I actually worked with John just over a decade ago. Um, so I haven't actually spoken to him in a long time. It was great. Did you know John was here when you applied? 
one of the reasons why I took the interview, yeah. Oh, wow. So both John and Paul Fairless I've worked with before. They were one of the main reasons why I first accepted the, the intro from the recruiter. I do think it's quite fun in technology because you're not the first person that I've heard say that, that they um, have worked with different people in the technology team before. And it's quite nice how like your friends and you trust them and you follow them to do pastures new. So it's really, I really like that. Um, Val, I'm going to come to you. What are the highlights so far of working for IMG Arena? What I like the most is I have a lot of autonomy in deciding the direction and priorities uh, on security. Also, I was really surprised in a good way that there is a security working group within Endeavor with uh, representatives from all business units. And we meet once a month, we discuss different security topics, share information, which is really, really great. Also, I have really great support from management and engineers in achieving the security goals. Les? It's got to be the people. Just to use one of somebody else's answers from earlier on, from Val. I think the people at IMG are really dedicated to what they do. There's a lot of really forward thinking going on and people actually care about how they work rather than just what they're working on. So yeah, that's been the plus so far for me. And one final positive, LSEO. Oh, uh, definitely also eco-ink was violent, less was saying, but I've really met some amazing people here. And one final thing, I feel like this company is very so employee focused and really puts lots of focus on, uh, you know, the employee and yeah, this has been great and wasn't expecting so many sort of event and gathering and trying to really, you know, empower employees in some way. In fact, I once sent you a message, Steph, try with a distinctive remark about, you know, one of the events. Oh, it's so great that you sort of organize all of these events. And then I got your team name wrong. It was marketing team. And I was like, oh, it's so excited to see the HR team, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and that ruined everything, basically. Yeah, that's my positive one. <laughs> I, I remember that. So although I do love my ridiculous questions and hopefully our massive listenership does too, I'm going to tailor today slightly for you individually. I've been assured that a developer will always have good answers to this. So really, really no pressure, but let's give it a go. So what's the biggest mistake you've made at work? Were any of you the intern that crashed Facebook or crashed WhatsApp? Who wants to go first? Dive on in. I I will go first. On my three previous roles, I crashed the server on the first day, every single time. It was not intentional. (laughs) (laughs) And you didn't want to follow up and do it this time when you joined IMG. Yeah, this is an exception. So I was really surprised I didn't crash anything on my first day. Alessio? I broke Google Ads site. So at the time I was responsible for the systems that runs ads and captures leads for the Google Ads team. So we launched an experiment, it was almost 7 p.m., so it was in the evening, and there was an error in the code I've written which caused the JavaScript to crash. Long story short, site went down. So for about 30 minutes, you could see a minimalistic white blank page on that site. That was intense, too much confidence. Always test your code. <laughs> but it was fine. No one important noticed it so we managed to get it back up in about 30 minutes 
so I managed to escape the punishment. But yeah, there was Naughty. intense no to me. <laughs> Lad. That sounded pretty good, Alessio. I like that one. Um, so in one of my first ever jobs, I was working as a computer support engineer and I had to go up to the CEO's office to fix his computer. I needed to swap out the network card. Back in the day in the mid 90s, computers were quite spiky inside. And as I pulled out the network card, I also stripped all the skin off the back of my hand. And so I bled all over the CEO's desk for about five minutes before I realized why my hand felt wet. And then I looked down and I realized I'd covered the CEO's desk in blood because it didn't actually hurt, it just made a mess. How'd that not hurt? It just literally took the top layer of the skin off. It's like, you know, when you graze something, but it just bled really furiously. So so I learned to be really, really careful taking network cards out of computers after that. <laughs> and also don't bleed on the CEO's desk. No. He was quite nice about it, though. <laughs> well, I'm sure someone else cleaned it up. I, I doubt he cleaned it up. <laughs> he thought I'd actually like severed an artery or something. He was just like, there should not be this much blood on my desk. <laughs> Um, and then what do you think is the biggest misconception about people working in development and technology? Because there are, let's be frank, quite strong stereotypes. Yeah, I'll go on that. Uh, I think a lot of people think developers and people who work in technology aren't like they don't respond to talking to people like they might be a bit insular. Quite a lot of people are introvert in technology, but I think we kind of have this stereotype that you can't go and just talk to the tech team because they're all scary. We're not, we're not scary at all. We're just human beings like the rest of us. We just spend all our time writing code. (laughs) Um, I I think that's one of the biggest ones is that actually some of the most fun teams I've ever worked in have been tech teams. I mean, I find that actually tech teams are some of the most social teams. Like they work so closely together because they're such a team and such a unit that they're the ones who are regularly hanging out outside of work and, and doing the fun things. Alessio, what do you think is the biggest misconception? Yeah, going on on that, talking about you being a unit, technology is also a vast domain. And what I found a lot of the time, whenever I say that I am a developer, uh, so that relates mostly to not technical people, but I always got those people asking me to fix their computer because the mouse doesn't move or the screen is freeze, thinking that, oh, you know about computer, you know how to fix it. But really, I work on a part of the domain that's, you know, relates to code and web UI other than actually IT support or tech support. I'm actually really sorry. I definitely did that. And I generally did that once to our CTO. My computer wasn't working. I was like, John, can you help me? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so. But obviously he was lovely about it, <laughs> but probably shouldn't go to the CTO about that. Uh, Val, how about you? In the security world, everyone thinks it's about hacking. And when I talk to someone and telling them I, I'm a security engineer, they always ask me what you hacked. And hacking is just a subdomain from 20 in cybersecurity. It's just a small, small bit. And this is a misconception where people um, are finding hard to understand. So I've heard that also that people have pet peeves in coding. And I'm not going to pretend to actually understand your answers because I don't think I'll be able to. But do you have any pet peeves in relation to coding, Alessio? Used to. Now I'm more relaxed. I used to follow a very strict style guide in the past. 
and got used to looking at the code in a certain way, following certain patterns. So in code reviews, whenever I see something that's unusual, always catches my eyes and I find it a bit distracting. So that's where I start nitpicking with, you could do this, you know, another way, which both work, but I don't know, sometimes it's just, you know, me nitpicking and but I'm a bit more relaxed than I used to be. Les? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I think once you've been coding for a certain amount of time, you lose a lot of your pet peeves because you realize that a lot of them just aren't worth the energy. I think there's quite a lot of dogmatic thinking that happens in code. Like people get into their way of doing things and everybody else has to line up with that. And I think eventually you realize that if everybody's like that, no one goes and builds anything. You just end up spending all your time arguing about something really, really pointless. So yeah, I don't have any pet peeves anymore. I'm way more flexible than I ever used to be. Val? I don't really code much now, but when I'm doing some things, I have a certain routine. And when someone is doing the same routine, I'll have to review if they're doing it in a different way. Just, I feel like this is not right. And it takes some time for me to adjust. Mm-hmm. And have any of you had any moments in your career when you're just like, wow, I love my job. Like really, really love my job. Have you created anything cool? Have you put, pushed anything live? That really made you turn around and give yourself a pat on the back. Every day. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your review must be coming up soon, Alessia. <laughs> Almost every day. <laughs> Monday, Friday, least, right? Monday, Friday. Monday, Friday. The yeah. days when Les does not review my code. <laughs> I once we were running out of time we needed to get rid of AngularJS which is a legacy framework front-end framework we didn't have time to remove it so what I did is creating a AngularJS shim what's called so I replaced all the functionalities that were performed with AngularJS with mock of AngularJS it was quite a challenge technically but I managed to do it and it took less than actually going there to the proper work, which would have been, I don't know, months of work. That's one of the highlights of problem solving and one of the yeah difficult challenge of replacing a framework with native JavaScript. So that was a nice one. Who's next? Oh, Val. In my world, I like when I automate things and I capture an attack early on and it's automatically mitigated that brings me so much joy also when i do some manual testing and i I take over a server yeah that really makes my blood boil a little bit (laughs) (laughs) wow that sounds scary compared to me um so about oh it's nearly a decade ago now i created a little app slash website called borrow my doggy um, that was you that was me i'm one of the co-founders of borrow my doggy so i was the tech and product side of the business for about four years and so that is probably the best thing i've ever done because i get so many people still coming up to me now and saying how much it changed their life and i think if you can write code that makes somebody's life better that's kind of cool I mean, that, that's cool in any respect of life, isn't it? If you can make anyone's life better, I mean, that, that's what everyone wants, really. I mean, I know so many friends of mine who absolutely loved and love Borrow My Doggy, but most of them have now gone on to have their own dogs. 
Yeah, it's a very common pattern. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why we built it is so that people got the chance to look after a dog and realize what, how much care dogs need yeah. rather than just buying them at Christmas because they're fluffy. Um, very cute. Yeah, they are super cute. Um, <laughs> but they take a lot of work and a lot of commitment. And I think just the number of stories we had from people who, who they were going to have to get rid of their dog for some reason and then they found some extra help through it. And then we had people who met their wife or their husband through the app because they were dog walking together no way yeah loads of, there's so many beautiful stories about people getting connected and so yeah you know the code bit's cool we can do some really cool stuff with code but to see people really getting to use something you've built and and it making a difference yeah proper heartwarming stuff god that is sensational and what a way to end the podcast today so thank you and that's it episode four is done we are flying through the year at pace and thank you to my guests again for joining me. Thank you, Val. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Alessio. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Les. Thanks, Steph. It was a pleasure. It's been so much fun talking to you all and thank you again for taking the time. Next month, we'll be talking with people who bought us the ODCN. So tune in and find out more. Mm-hmm.